fellow travelers, this is what you want. This is what you need. This is the path to true happiness and wisdom. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. All right, so if you're subscribed to the email list at travellikeabosspodcast.com or johnnyfd.com, or if you check out our Facebook page, Johnny FD, you would have known about a week ago that I asked if anyone wanted to submit a quick one to two minute audio clip with a question or a statement or a comment, I will play it on the show for this week for this special 200th episode. Uh, so let's kick it off with a really fun, special one from Marty. So there I was, every day hating the nine to five life and always wondering if somehow, some way, there was hope to escape. I was always looking for answers and I seemed to always come up empty handed. And then I found it. The Travel Like a Boss Podcast. Are you just like me? Are you dreaming of being your own boss but you can't find helpful information that really matters? Guess what? There's hope! Hi guys, my name is Marty McLeod. I'm from Alpharetta, Georgia, USA. I thought I'd take a minute to tell Johnny and everybody else what it, the podcast means to me. I'm like a lot of you out there. I'm dreaming of finally being free and living the life I've always wanted to live one day. Not just that, but one day, I hope to be in a position to help other people who want to do the same. When I first heard Johnny's podcast, I was like, hey, you know, this is pretty good. I think I'll stick around. But then when I heard some of the amazing guests and their stories and Johnny's stories, and I learned so much, I was like, all right, all right, all right. Hey, Johnny, I just want to take a moment and make this recording to say thank you for the great content you put out. I've been really struggling to make money online, and it's really not easy. I'm making a few hundred dollars now, but I'm not going to give up until I finally make it one day. I've seen a lot of people just drop out and give up, and I refuse to do that. For me personally, it's really a big deal because I've always had this kind of instinctual feeling inside, something just telling me that there's a better life out there. And when I found out about you and other online entrepreneurs, it was kind of like a light came on and it lit a fire underneath me that has never gone out. I really respect what you do and how you help people and it's my dream to be where you are one day soon too. Listening to your podcast has really helped me learn a lot, uh, not just about earning money online, but about the mindset and the values that some of your guests have. And I've really, it's helped me to learn and grow from those people. So I want to say congratulations, Johnny, on episode number 200. You've put out some amazing episodes, and it's truly, it's not just good, but it's awesome. So hey everybody, let's support Johnny in the podcast, tell all your friends about it, and let's make 2018 an amazing year where we all reach our goals. Thanks Johnny, and thank you so much, I really appreciate it man. Alright, big thanks to Marty for that awesome uh, voice m message. I know it sounds like something that I paid someone 
on Fiverr to record, but I promise you I didn't. Uh, if you want to check him out, he's in the Facebook group Travel Bosses Digital Nomad Army. And I just looked it up. He's been a member for a few years. Uh, so it sounds like, uh, I haven't met him, um, but it sounds like he's been through this journey for a few years now. And congratulations, Marty. And uh, I know there wasn't really a question in there, but one thing that I want to point out that you had mentioned is that having a few hundred dollars a month in online income isn't a small thing to to sneeze at, where it really is the difference between someone having a taste of it working and saying, hey, if I can make a few hundred bucks online, if I commit and I do this full time or I learn some new skills, there's no reason why I can't scale that up. And I know for me, it was a huge feeling when I wrote my first book, 12 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap, and I made $200 that month. I thought, wow, this is amazing. And it wasn't enough to really change my life in a significant way. And it wasn't even enough to live cheaply in Thailand. But I knew if I can make 200 bucks selling this book, I can just write three books and I make, I can make 600. And with $600, I can live in Thailand for forever. I can literally retire and just live in Thailand forever on the cheap for $600 a month. And that was life changing. Fortunately, I didn't, you know, uh, become a full-time author. I realized, hey, with the skills that I'm learning how to copyright, create, you know, cool catching covers, you know, have, um, you know, good marketing, good keyword, you know, rankings in, in Amazon and online, why not take these skills and sell something that is a lot more expensive than $9.99? And don't get me wrong, it's nice to have those books out there, and I'm really happy they're there. And it's a nice, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month in income. But the skills that I've learned writing those books, publishing them on Amazon, you know, creating a good, you know, basically a sales page. Like if you looked at any of the, the, um, I guess order pages on, even on Amazon, if you look and look for 12 weeks in Thailand, even though it's a description page, it really is a sales page, you know, people, because people are trying to decide, do I want to spend $10 on this book or not? What am I going to learn? What do other people think about it? What's in the book? And the skills that I've learned from that, I've applied to e-commerce and I've been able to make a lot more money from that as well as in kind of other businesses. So big congratulations to Marty for taking that first step, not giving up for continuing and having that first giant vital step of making the few hundred dollars, proving to yourself that it works, proving to yourself that you have what it takes, you have the discipline, you're willing to learn, you're willing to make mistakes, you're willing to push through. And that if you can make a few hundred dollars a month, there is no reason why you can't make a few thousand dollars a month. And I guarantee you, it is much easier to scale up from a few hundred to a few thousand than it is to go from zero to making a few hundred. So everyone listening who hasn't started yet, you don't have an online income stream yet, or you don't have passive income yet, take this lead and say by, you know, episode, don't wait to 300 and that's going to be a long time, but you know, in three months, I'm going to have $300 in online income. And I guarantee you, it's not only possible, it's very realistic. And if you dedicate yourself to it, there is no reason why you can't do it. All right. So up next, I want to read a question from Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is JohnnyFDK if you want to follow it. So Crit- uh, <laughs> Kristen's Raw, she wrote in a few questions. Uh, it's at dot not dot com on Twitter <laughs> at Christians Raw. She says, 
talking about health insurance or travel health insurance, specifically, what do you do when visiting the U.S.? I presume you don't you don't still carry health insurance in the U.S. So I actually wrote an article on johnnyfd.com about health insurance. First, how much I've saved by not having health insurance, but how I protect my butt by having things like travel insurance and having enough cash and knowing where to go for medical tourism to be able to get things done. So when I do go back to the U.S., I always make sure that I qualify for that travel insurance um, kind of clause because here's the thing is if you're traveling if within the U.S., it still kicks in. So luckily, my home base is Wichita Falls in Texas, and it's not a place I'm at very often. So technically, I qualify even when I'm visiting my parents in San Francisco or you know uh, going to the, the Nomad Summit in Las Vegas, which by the way, if you guys haven't gotten your tickets yet, it's over Labor Day weekend. So September 1st through the 3rd this year, we're going to be having the Nomad Summit in Las Vegas. It's going to be awesome. Check it out at nomadsummit.com. Come meet everyone else who, you know, participates on this podcast, different listeners, but also just digital nomads, people thinking about, you know, living abroad and um, traveling abroad. And we will be having a lot of talks uh, and workshops on things like how do you set yourself up on how to get travel insurance, uh, how to set up your taxes as an expat, all these kind of full things. Second question is digital nomad family community. If there is one, the easiest one for you guys to join would be the Travel Bosses Facebook group. Look for Travel Bosses Digital Nomads Worldwide on Facebook. We'll have a link to it in the show notes below. You can meet other you know, people who listen to the podcast who are like-minded. And third question is about visas for popular nomad cities. Uh, it really is different. And that's why I write a pretty thorough guide for every single nomad destination I visit. I have one on Chiang Mai. I have one on Banksko. I have one on Ukraine. I have one on Poland. I have one about Bali. Pretty much every single city I spend a significant amount of time in, I write a full guide. Just go to johnnyfd.com, search the name of the city, and you'll find it there. But real quick, I want to just mention for Thailand, the best digital nomad visa is the six-month tourist visa. It's called the six-month METV, multiple entry tourist visa. It is amazing. It is basically the digital nomad visa. There is no such thing as a visa where you can legally work and, you know, basically travel and have the flexibility. But being a nomad, it's kind of a gray zone where you're not taking a local job. You're only supporting the economy. Your business and your customers have nothing to do with Thailand. You know, it's almost like if you're a doctor and you're answering emails and helping patients while you're on vacation in Thailand, technically that's a consult and you're helping, you know, you're building your business. If you're updating your website or, your Facebook page, you're creating a, a video, whatever it is, they know that that's a gray zone. They don't really care. Like, as, lo- as long as you're not hiring people locally, if you're not competing with a local business, Thailand really just doesn't care because you're just bringing value to the, to the economy. For Europe, uh, really easy. In the Schengen zone, which is most of West Europe, you get three months every six months. So unfortunately, I can only stay in places like Spain and Germany and Portugal for three months every summer. But that's why I really like places like Bulgaria and Ukraine, because it's not in the Schengen zone. So I get another three months per country. So technically, I can be in Europe for six plus months, which is a big reason why I come here. All right. Next question comes from Chris B, who uh, is 
from Australia, and he submitted another really cool audio clip. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, hey Johnny, hey Travel Bosses, this is Chris Buntine from Australia. I started listening to Johnny's podcast uh, about probably a year and a half ago and I uh, just really fell in love the way Johnny interviews uh, location independent people and all his information about online businesses. Since then I did the eBay course from David Dang Vu, uh, crushed it on that and then I moved on later to the Anton Method and built my own dropshipping store and now I'm currently doing Johnny's Income Bosses course. Uh, yeah, I'm still learning a lot every day and, you know, I'm just grinding away, trying to build it, trying to become location independent myself and uh, just going to keep pushing through. And, uh, yeah, Johnny, uh, keep keep the podcast coming because you're doing a great thing, buddy. Okay, mate. Bye-bye. All right, huge thanks and congratulations to Chris for crushing it with the first part with David Vu's eBay course. If you guys haven't listened to that episode yet... I interviewed David Vu on Travel Like a Boss like a few years ago when I was skeptical if dropshipping on eBay uh, was something that actually worked. And I'm really, really glad that I took the time and I reached out to him and you know interviewed this guy who I had never met before. It was episode 82. It's a great episode. And the reason why I'm so happy with it is because I think it's the best, easiest, cheapest transition from not having any kind of online business and not sureing, not being sure, you know, how much money and time you want to dedicate to something to just testing it out and seeing, Hey, can I make a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars doing a method that maybe is not sustainable forever or maybe it's not something you want to do forever? You know, but if it, if I can follow directions on this, I can buy a course that's really cheap. You can get them on, you know, on Udemy for really cheap. Um, it's something that. I think is one of the best transitional courses or um, methods of online business for most people because it's very straightforward. It's literally taking things from one website and listing it on eBay to sell and making a, a profit, a commission, not even commission, a markup uh, on that. So take a listen to episode 82. I've now met, I don't know, at least dozens, if not a hundred people who have taken David's course uh, a lot through this interview and through this podcast who were successful. You know, some of them made like a few thousand dollars or more and they're like, all right, well, I'm taking that money now. I'm going to invest it in the next project. So like Chris, he took that money and he bought Anton's course, AntonMethod.com. I've had him on the show many, many times. Episode 10 was one of my favorite episodes ever. You know, it's called Dropship Genius, The Man Who Changed My Life. And Anton Crayley really changed my life. He was really the first one to teach me how to replace my nine to five income and make a real kind of US salary while living in places like Thailand. So big thank you and big shout out to Anton Crayley for being my mentor, for having his course available, for being legitimate, you know, legitimate guy who's willing to teach and happy to share this information. You know, big thank you to David for having a course where, you know, people can get started for not that much money for like a hundred bucks in total including the course and everything you need to set up. And you really just having no excuse on why every single person can do it. So Chris, it sounds like you made a great choice. I'm glad to see you in my new course, my new blogging course, incomeboss.com. Uh, this is a way where you can create your own kind of brand online or authority sites. If you want to create podcasts or YouTube channels or blogs, uh, and you want to be able to share good information and be able to get paid for your time. I think you know it's going to be the next big thing. It's not 
this quick and easy make money overnight kind of thing, which is why I don't talk about it that much. But the people who are looking for a way to build an online brand and monetize it, especially through affiliate partnerships, this is the course for you. So it's incomeboss.com. And congrats, Chris. Uh, it sounds like he's living a great life out in Australia. I wouldn't be surprised if I see him out in Thailand sometime soon. Aim for it, buddy. Aim for January 20th, 2019, Chiang Mai, Thailand. That is when the next main Nomad Summit is going to be. We'll have the US event this Labor Day weekend, September, in Las Vegas. And then the main event is going to be in Chiang Mai the week of January 20th, 2019. NomadSummit.com for details. So next question comes from Matthias from Facebook. Uh, he asks about if you have any downtimes when it comes to motivation for work in general, what do you do? Uh, and the second question is, what does a typical day look like when you are in work mode? So probably the best way to answer this is if you take a look at my daily routine. Uh, it's on johnnyfd.com. Uh, it's basically what I do when I'm in my prime, when I'm in build mode. I'm in growth mode and I am actively building a business. Basically, I try to get up early, you know, especially when I'm in Thailand, I'll get up at eight, uh, eight o'clock, maybe, yeah, around eight o'clock and I'll leave the house as quickly as possible. I want to wake up and get sun as fast as I can on my face. So usually if I have a balcony, I'll just walk outside at like eight, like within seconds and I'll have a big glass of water. And the goal is to leave the house within five minutes. And go for a walk. Walk to the co-working space. It's really nice to get that little bit of, you know, blood moving and the, and the exercise. And just walking in the morning. And when I'm in grind mode, I will work eight hours a day. You know, so I'll go to the co-working space. I'll have something, you know, really comfortable. I'll have a bulletproof coffee, and I'll work out. I mean, I'll work until gym time, which is around. It used to be around 4 p.m. at a CrossFit class. And after afterwards, I would have a huge dinner, usually like some kind of barbecue buffet or Thai food with friends. And it was the most productive I've ever been. Unfortunately, that is no longer my schedule. That's no longer my life. I've been waking up at noon here in Ukraine. I've been working just for a few hours, not super motivated because I'm not building a new business right now. And then, no, at least I've still been going to the gym. Um, but it's been completely different. So I would say if you want to know the kind of... Uh, best routines don't look at what i'm doing now look at what i'm doing when i was crushing it and i was built you know i was running and building multiple e-commerce stores and all these online businesses and making you know 20k a month uh that's what what you should look at the other question was what do i do when i have downtimes and i'm not motivated uh i try to get back in shape and i think that's a huge part of it is being mentally and physically in shape when you have good routine uh, for diet and fitness, it, your work just kind of comes much easier. When you're out of shape, when, I, when I'm out of shape, uh, or I've been drinking too much or traveling too much, I'm tired, I'm stressed, my motivation for work is terrible. So that's why I'm focused right now saying, okay, no matter what I do, I'll forgive myself for not working that much and not building a new business, but I'm going to go to the gym five times a week or I'm going to you know, eat healthy or do intermittent fasting or whatever it is, that's how I get back on track. And I think that is probably the easiest, best advice I can give you. All right, so up next, we have another voice uh, memo submission by Henry Bowersmith. Hey, Johnny. I first want to say thank you so much for the amazing content. 
that you've been putting out over the past few years and getting to 200 episodes is amazing. I've been listening to you for about three years now and I've got to say it's had such a big impact on my life. Um, since listening to it, I've built a number of businesses. I've lived abroad for the past year. Um, I'm now building up a marketing agency. I've got a blog that I've been growing um, thanks to your course. I've also signed up to Dropship Lifestyle with my business partner and we're now have supplies and we're about to launch. And I think this really wouldn't be possible um, if it wasn't for uh, the Travel Like a Bod podcast. So thanks for that. Um, in relation to my question, um, obviously you have a number of different income streams and different businesses. So I guess what advice would you give for someone for managing these, um, you know, whilst traveling and trying to grow and trying to expand? Hey, Henry. Thanks for this mission. Congratulations on all of your success so far. I love seeing people who take action. Uh, so good luck with the launch of your new business. Let us know how it goes inside the Travel Like a Boss uh, Army, the, the Facebook group. And it's, it's yeah, it, it's amazing to see people you know, who have been listening for a long time taking action and building businesses and creating things, you know, creating awesome things. Um, so... Um, the question is, how do you manage or juggle traveling, you know, and sitting down to build a business? I don't, to be honest. Uh, I wrote a blog post very recently called "What Is a Digital Nomad" on JohnnyFD.com, and in it, I basically warn about the dangers of traveling too much. When people are traveling and moving cities every four days, they are not really being a digital nomad unless they're actually working and building a business or at least maintaining one. They're probably just traveling. And if it looks like they're not working, they're probably not working. If I'm on a beach every day, even if I have a photo with my laptop, I am probably not working for more than 20 minutes under that bright glare. I have worked by the beach. I've worked by pools and I've taken selfies because it looks really cool to work by the pool. And it's awesome being able to go into maintenance mode, log on for 20 minutes, make sure there's no crazy emails, no fires, no big issues. And then closing the laptop and going for a swim or doing something cool. But that is not building a business. That's not growing a business. That is enjoying the four hour work week and enjoying maintenance mode. So I have a video on my YouTube channel. Just search for Johnny FD. And I think it was the talk I had on the Nomad Cruise. Uh, and it was basically about growth mode versus uh, maintenance mode. I think I call it time hacking like a boss. And the purpose of it is basically when you want to grow a business, just stay in one place. You can still be in Thailand. You can still be in all these you know awesome places, but just dedicate to go into a co-working space, somewhere that you have reliable internet for eight hours a day and just build the business. It'll only take you on average two months to build something. Then you can go down to the islands and go scuba diving and go lay on the beach and enjoy yourself. And I think it's actually really nice to be able to build something from a place like Thailand because even though you're working eight hours a day or maybe even 10 hours a day, you're still experiencing a lot of amazing things. First off, you have lower cost of living in Thailand than a lot of other places. Uh, so your kind of budget just stretches further. But second, just like walking to the working space in the day or going out to lunch or, you know, going out for dinner afterwards is an adventure and it's exciting. And then on weekends, you don't have to go far away because 
you are already in a beautiful exotic place so you can recharge over the weekend and on monday you get back to it so my advice is don't try to manage travel and growing a business grow the business while you're in one place and then travel all right so the last question that we're going to be answering on this episode comes from Corey. And he says, what is your current net worth and income streams? How do you plan to take that money pile and create passive for life? So I think this is a hard question to ask a lot of people because most people, if you ask them how much money do you have, they're not going to want to answer it. But I've always been very transparent with everyone. And I, one of the big reasons why is because first, I wish everyone else was transparent. And I feel like if I'm transparent about it, other people will be as well. And it works because pretty much everyone I know, you know, tells me how much they make because I tell people how much I make and then it becomes okay. Versus if they don't tell you, then, you know, and you don't tell them, it'll probably just never happen. You kind of just guess and you like, and it's always weird because people always either are worth way more or way less than you guess. So for example, there are a lot of people who I think must make so much money because you know, they have a nice car or nice clothes or they just kind of seem and look like they make a ton of money. And then I found out their actual net worth and it's very low. So to define net worth, it is how much, you know, money you have basically in some kind of investments. Usually it's uh, excluding your primary residence. And this is stuff that is, you know, that you're actually like, if you really needed to, you can sell within, let's say, a year and you ha- you would actually have that much cash. So, you know, there's being more liquid. Uh, there's a lot of things I, I own that aren't super liquid. So if I, you know, cash in some of my retirement accounts or my real estate, you know, I might have some penalties for it. And then there's some things that are very liquid, like, you know, my stocks and things like that. Uh, so uh, I actually talk about this very openly on my other podcast that I host with my buddy Sam Marks and it's called invest like a boss. So if you like knowing about finance and investing, take a listen to invest like a boss. You can find it wherever you listen to this podcast. And in the quarterly updates, I actually go over my entire portfolio, my net worth. I break it all down and I talk about the plan and what I'm going to do next because it is no secret. A big goal of mine is to create enough passive income through investing where I can make 10 grand a month in just investment income because that would be the life. That would be amazing. You know, I'm not there yet, uh, but that is the goal. You know, even I think the dream originally was if I can make $3,000 a month in completely passive income, that replaces my nine to five job. That's like making $36,000, $6,000 a year and a normal job. And I can do this from anywhere in the world so I can live cheaply and I can have free time to work on passion projects and things I really like. And what's really cool is I've documented this whole journey, starting with my, my first book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap. When I wrote that book, my net worth was, I think it was like $900 or $1,000. It wasn't very high. That was everything I owned. I had no real investments. I had no real money. I had no cash. That book was a, you know literally about uh, just living cheaply in Thailand and how to enjoy that part of kind of the four-hour work week. My second book is called Life Changes Quick. And it's about how I went from that $1,000 to having my first $30,000 in net worth. And it was such a big jump from 
1,000 to 30,000 seemed impossible. And I'm so glad I wrote that down because I think once you have $30,000, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And you're like, oh yeah, everyone should just do it. But it is. And when I reread that book and I see what I went through, what my emotions were, what my mindset was to get from 1,000 to 30,000, it was a huge shift. So I'm so glad I documented all that in Life Changes Quick. So now, right now, I can actually log in uh, and see what my current window worth is because I actually don't know what it is. So give me a second. I'm going to log in to Personal Capital, which is actually a sponsor of the other show. If you want to go to investlikeaboss.com slash personal, you can basically get a free trial uh, for... Not even a free trial. You basically just get a free account um, for Personal Capital. And what that does is it basically... it connects automatically where I guess you give it access to connect automatically to all your credit cards, your bank accounts, your investment vehicles, and it will uh, basically update automatically. So whenever you log in, you can see in a snapshot what your total net worth is, how much investable cash you have, uh, where you are in each category, how much your expenses are, how much you're spending you know, for certain things, uh, and... It's just like a really easy snapshot. So I really, really like it. So I just logged in and my number is way higher than I actually expected. My total net worth is $624,000. So $624,691, which... I'm actually honestly a bit surprised at, especially because the, the markets have been going up, going up and down. Uh, the only thing that doesn't include is I haven't paid income taxes for 2018 yet or 2017, whatever this current tax year is, because my, I had to switch tax accountants. I was using greenback uh, expat taxes who I've had on the podcast, and they were great when I had really simple taxes. Um, I knew there were kind of no frills. I knew it was almost kind of like this outsourced company, but it worked. Uh, and this year, my taxes got way more complicated. So I had to switch. Um, and I got a recommendation for a company called Bright Tax. And I submitted everything, I think back in like February to them. And US taxes are due April 15th. What happened was a few days before uh, I, I got worried. I'm like, hey, like, where are my taxes? And they said, don't worry, you know, you're gonna get an automatic extension because you're out of the country. Good until May. So I said, okay, that's fine, I guess, as long as you know. May came, and I said, hey, <laughs> uh, are you guys on top of it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're on top of it. We just need this other form. And I said, okay, well, here you go. Let me know if you need anything else. Didn't hear from them for another month. And just a few days ago, you know, end of June, <laughs> I. Got an email from them saying, uh, we, we've extended your filing deadline again. So either these guys are amazing and they're just really swamped, you know, uh, and they know what they're doing or, you know, maybe it's going to be terrible and I'm going to regret going with them, but, uh, reviews and updates to come. <laughs> so that's why you should follow the blog, johnnyfd.com or listen to the podcast for what happens with that. So I have no idea how much I'm going to owe. It might be 10000 It might be 30000 It might be more. So I would say to be safe, total net worth right now is about 600 uh, Sorry. Yeah. Wow. It is. Honestly, I'm not even used to saying that because I went so long with having 
a thousand dollars or less, like six hundred bucks in the bank, and six thousand dollars to me would be a lot of money, to be honest. Like I, I really have a hard time believing this is my actual net worth, uh, but it's happened. Um, if you guys want to know how, basically, in Life Changes Quick, I talked about how to set goals uh, to keep your expenses low while setting big goals to you know basically increase your income. And what I did was I increased my income by a lot and I kept my expenses low. So I never spent more than $1,200 a month you know, when I was living in Chiang Mai, even though I was increasing my income from, you know, a couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand dollars to 10,000 to at some point over $20,000 a month when I was, you know, running my dropshipping stores. I was using it as a case study and then I would get commissions for sharing those case studies. And, you know, when people would sign up for things like Shopify using my link or for Anton's course or for the 1-800 number I recommended or for the email list software. And these are things that I now teach in my course, Income Boss, because it's a really, really good case study. You know, I use myself as a case study, not just with dropshipping, but I was also making a ton of money doing things like <laughs> like recommending the type of microphone I use for this podcast and how to set up a podcast, what hosting to use, what, you know, what's the best WordPress host, all these things. Uh, that's in Income Boss as a case study. Uh, so uh, if you guys want to know more than what I actually invest in, take a listen to the quarterly updates on Invest Like a Boss, where I run through stocks, index funds, notes, peer-to-peer lending, real estate, REITs, um, all these random things. Like literally I have probably 15 different investment vehicles and I talk about how much I've invested in each one. I, I usually have between ten dollars to $50,000 in each um, investment and that way it, I can be diversified. Uh, the biggest one I have is in Vanguard index funds. I have about two hundred grand in there. Uh, but I have, you know, 10 to 50 grand in a bunch of things, you know, from, uh, Forex accounts to, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum to all these kind of things. So take a listen, uh, to the quarterly updates on invest like a boss. The last one was Q3 from last year, or I guess, well, no, no I guess there was, there had to have been one this year. Just, yeah, just look for the quarterly updates. We're going to be recording one soon. I'm meeting up San Marks in Spain uh, in a few weeks. So we'll be doing an update there. But uh, I guess for the other questions you guys have is, do I prefer to safely invest or dangerous invest? Swing for the fences. So if you look at my Betterment account or my <laughs> kind of robo-advisor accounts, my risk is either at 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. So on that scale, I'm super risky. I don't keep money in bonds. Uh, I try not to keep that much money in cash. I have it all in the stock market, which is higher risk, higher returns. But for me, it's a safe bet because I know that if I own 100 shares of Vanguard's index fund, which is basically every single stock out there, uh, they just buy into one fund and you own a piece of it. I know that if I own 100 shares of the Vanguard fund, whether the stock goes up or it goes down, I still own 100 shares. And that means if there's a huge recession and the whole economy drops and we go into depression and that money is now worth 10% of what it used to be or half or you know whatever it drops down to, it's okay because 
as long as I don't sell that stock at a discount, or if I don't sell it when it's down, I still own the same amount of shares. I still own 100 shares, which means I'm still technically going to be worth the same if and when it goes back up. And if you follow the stock market for basically, you know, since it was, it, it was invented, either the US is going to no longer exist and, you know, in that case, we're screwed anyways, or it's going to go back up eventually. It might take two years, it might take five years, it might take 10 years, but as long as I don't sell, I'm okay. So on those things, I'm 10 out of 10 risk. However, on things like Bitcoin or Ethereum, I am 5% total net worth or less because to me, that is a huge gamble. It is, I have a 50% or higher chance of losing a hundred percent of that money. And this is why anybody who has all their money in Bitcoin is an idiot. And even if Bitcoin goes up and they sell it and they become a millionaire, they were still an idiot for taking that gamble. And you know what? I don't like calling people idiots, but it, there would be a rich idiot who got lucky. And I know that is true with, you know, Ether and Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies. So I don't want to be the idiot on the sidelines and not investing because there is a chance it will go up by more than 100%. It might go up by 2000%, which is why I have some Bitcoin has some Ether. And, but I don't even look at it, to be honest. I bought it. And I'm not going to look at it. I'm forget I own it. And 10 years from now, it's either going to be worth zero, which is a big chance, or it's going to be worth hundreds of thousands of, you know, or more dollars. So on those type of investments, I, you know, I guess I am, I am kind of swinging for the fences, but only with a tiny portion of my total net worth. And that's what I would, that we talk about on the podcast to diversify, but also what I would recommend to everybody. And the last question is, do I have any plans or new projects uh, for, you know, kind of upcoming? Uh, right now, I know that if I started another e-commerce store, I would have more monthly income and I would be able to sell another store after it matures and have a big windfall. I've done now this now a few times at different stores. You know, the first store I sold for, I think it was $59,000 or something the second store around there. So I sold two stores for about $60,000 each. And that's a big reason why I, I have $600,000 in the bank now is because I've sold the stores, which is just a big windfall of cash. And that money just keeps making me money. When you sell a business or a website or an e-commerce store, whether it's an FBA store or, or dropshipping store or whatever it is, for hundred grand, you now have 100,000 little army workers going out and making you passive income. And each one of those comes in and they bring back, you know, 10% a year in potential returns. And that's a lot of money. So if you do the calculation on that, $100,000 times, you know, 10% is $10,000 a year. So every time I put in a hundred grand into my, into my investment accounts, I have the potential to make $10,000 extra per year. And that's why I'm able to grow my net worth so much from 30000 to 600000 It wasn't because I sold $600,000 worth of products. It's because I sold the products, made the cash from it. I was making five grand, you know, three to five grand a month uh, running those e-commerce stores. I was only spending 1200 I would save 
the difference. I'll save a few thousand dollars a month. You know, and sometimes I would only make two grand a month for my, my job shrinks doors, depending on the month. But I would save between one and four thousand dollars, put it into investments. Those investments are making me more money. But the big secret is at the end of the year or two years, when I sell that store and I'm, and I can get $60,000, you know, in one payment and I can put that towards working for me in these investments as well. That is when that money really skyrockets. So not only was I making, you know, a couple grand a month from the stores and saving that, but then when you sell the store, you can, I sold them for 27 times monthly profit, you know, and I was able to basically get two and a half years of profit upfront to invest. So that is the kind of big secret. Um, I hope this episode answered a lot of your questions. If you guys enjoyed this format and you want to kind of get in for the next one, uh, go ahead and reply to any of the emails on the mail list at johnnyft.com or travellikeabosspodcast.com and send me a quick voicemail. You know, don't, don't make it super fancy. Marty, I appreciate the effort you put in, but really it was not necessary. You can just use your phone's app, record something, just just talk from the heart. You don't have to, you know, make something epic, even though it is fun. Ask a question, state a comment, and the next time we do one of these shows, I'll be sure to include it. So thank you again uh, to everyone who wrote in. Thank you for everyone who left these amazing podcast reviews. And hats off to Anthony Brodain for inspiring, you know, really this whole movement even before Tim Ferriss, you know, Anthony Bourdain got the travel bug in me thinking, hey, one day I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to eat this amazing food. I'm going to take some chances, take some risks. And I'm going to realize life is short. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to pass away young or I'm going to have a hard life, I might as well enjoy the crap out of it while I can. So we love you. We miss you. Uh, Big thanks to all of you. And we'll see you in the next episode. Have a good one, guys. All right, bosses, I hope you enjoyed this really special two-part episode 200. Thank you for being along the journey. Thank you for celebrating with us and being part of these amazing few years. Uh, If you haven't already, please leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to episodes and tell a friend because this is a huge encouragement to continue making this podcast and hopefully get you episode 300. So to uh, further answer Corey's question about where I invest my money and basically what passive income 3.0 is, uh, what we should all be aiming towards, I'm going to give you a very special extended preview of our quarterly update from Invest Like a Boss, where we talk about everything that Sam and I invested in last year. Uh, so take a listen. Hey guys, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 81 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. To all of our listeners out there in boss land, planet Earth, 2018, let's make it a big year. I like it. It's going to be the best year ever. And I'm so happy. Like reflecting on this year, this has been, it's been by far, I think, and definitely my best year investing. I would say the same for you, Johnny. And the amount of things that we've learned, just looking at how we've individually tailored our personal asset allocations over the last year and changed them up. We've learned a ton. We've put that to use. I hope this is all working and all the listeners are getting a lot of value. This is a this is our New Year's episode and we're going to recap a lot of good stuff, including what we did in 2017 in our investing portfolios. 
as well as what we either messed up on or what we would have <laughs> did differently. I know I have a For big sure. list of not only, you know, the things that did really well, but the things that I should have gotten into. I even talked about getting into and I just didn't. And I think that's actually the one thing that stops the most people from being successful with investing is we just don't do it. You know, we, we think about mm-hmm. it. We put it off. I mean, you know, hopefully none of you guys listening are putting off investing, but there's a ton of people who don't really think about it until, you know, five, 10 years before they want to retire. And they're like, Oh no, now we got to catch up. So the fact that we have a lot of listeners that are in their early to mid or even late twenties or even thirties that are already thinking about investing and ha- building a, a passive income source for retirement, that is the best gift you can give yourself. Uh, and the education is the best gift you can give to your friends, your family, to your loved ones, and you know, really to the world. So we're really excited to have this podcast. Uh, in this episode, we are going to basically break down everything that, that we've done this past year and hopefully be able to guide you in your journey, uh, let you learn from our mistakes. But to be honest, I think 2017 was such a bullish year where you could have been an idiot and you could have made money. What, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm looking at what we're invested in and how we ended up on the year. And I want to say that we learned so much through doing the podcast that <laughs> we made great decisions. But the truth is, you could have been invested in almost any asset class and you would have done very well this year. So while we've spent a lot of time in past episodes talking about mistakes that we've made, I think this year is not so much mistakes because I actually made very few mistakes, in ter- at least financially this year. But more the missed opportunities of things going back and looking and saying, wow, I really wish I had gotten more into this or more into this and stuck into some of the principles that we learned about investing versus taking some money off the table. So I look at this more as my portfolio was great. I know yours was great, Johnny. I know a lot of our listeners were great at the end of this year. I look at more as what were the mistakes I made by not sticking to principles and trying to time the market or make decisions based on emotions. And that's what I'm trying to improve for 2018. Yeah, I 100% agree. And if anything, I think what we've done and learned this year in 2017, and hopefully all of you have done with your own personal portfolios is you set it up to be diversified. So if there is a big downturn, or you know, if there was a downturn this year, we wouldn't have been wiped out. Because everybody's a genius when the markets are up, you know, if you were a hundred percent Bitcoin this year, you were a mad genius. But uh-huh. at the same time, if you were a hundred percent anything and you just had bad luck or just things turned around, you could have been the biggest loser in the world. And that's what we want to prevent. We want to, we want to have the biggest possible upside as well as being diversified enough where the next time there is going to be a big recession or there's going to be a, a bubble bursting that we will be protected. And that's the goal. And this is this year is a good a good reference to why people always say the rich get richer and the poor stay poor and why that is true, because the rich, if, you, if you're investing 50 million dollars this year and all you are is in index funds, you killed it. You made 20 percent. And that's a ton of money when you're investing millions and millions of dollars. If you weren't invested this year, you missed a huge opportunity. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that we're learning is the more time that you're invested in the markets, not just trying to time the markets, but just the total time that you're invested in markets and in investments is the leading indicator. And this year, there's no better year I can remember in the last 10 years to, you know, to be 
heavily invested in a lot of different asset classes. So before we even get to the fun stuff about, you know, the travel and the living and the goals and the books we've read, let's actually jump straight in to the investments itself. Cause I think that's what people were really excited about. What did your portfolio look like in 2017, this past year? What were your biggest big hitters? Any, did you have any losses and did you have any regrets? Oh, all right. So if, if everyone uh, is on our mailing list, Johnny and I sent out an email that is going to go do a big recap of the year and also is a, a clue into what our personal investment portfolios look like. There's nice pie charts in there that show what we're actually invested in. So I, as well as you, had big winners. We have a lot of the same investments. I'll just say that the biggest move that I made this year was getting into municipal bond funds. Uh, if you guys want to listen more about the reason why, there's an episode. We'll leave a link in the show notes with Michael Foster talking specifically about mutual bond funds. But I moved about out 9%, uh, 8 or 9% of my total investing portfolio into municipal bond funds. I did that for the tax-free earnings. So that was my biggest change in my asset allocation model this year. But man, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about some winners and we'll talk about a couple of losers as well. But I think a lot of our winners are going to overlap, Johnny. So I'll say the first one was Art of X, which was a very cool, I think it ended at 21%. That's the third year up double-digit returns. We've become great friends with Brian and Tang, who are the lead traders. And I know over the first two years that we've been talking about this, Johnny, we've been saying, I don't know where to put this. It's super high risk. You know, Now I'm starting to get a lot more confidence because I keep spending more time with the guys and seeing how they actually trade. And it just keeps dialing in these really nice double-digit returns year after year. Yeah. So my year-to-date on that one is 19.02%, which is Insane. I mean, I think in total in the two years that I've been invested with RFX, I'm up 48%, which is you know way higher than stocks or in, or index funds or for any of that. Um, I actually feel like they've been less um, volatile this year. I, I feel like the you know back in 2016 or maybe even before they were kind of bigger risk takers and things were kind of going you know shooting up and down more but i feel like yeah. this last year it was pretty steady growth yeah i don't know if i like that i mean i don't like that I was either. getting <laughs> it, it, it's so funny cuz you do if you look at if you look at the chart of the the gains it's just like johnny said like the first year super spiky high volatility but we were getting like 33% returns now if you look at it the line is so smooth. It, it's it's reassuring and relaxing to look at the line. It's just this kind of very straight line. Nice nice progress. Twenty percent gains on the year. But I don't know. I just I feel like it's lost a little bit of its edge and it's moving, getting a little bit more conservative. I'm sure it's I'm sure they're changing up their their investing, you know, and the trading philosophy a little bit. But have zero complaints. It's been a great experience with them so far. My account has now in three years fully doubled. So they I owe them. A lot. They bought me basically a Maserati, nice Maserati, and uh, I continue. I plan to keep this account going and rolling for a long time. Okay, I like it a lot. And you know what's funny is I think it was a few months ago, if not a year ago, I actually emailed Brian and Tang and said, "Hey guys, just let you know, I don't mind if there's a big drawdown. Just go ahead and <laughs> ramp up the volatility on my account." And they actually replied like really thoughtfully, you know, and they're like, and they explained why they don't, you know, they don't want that and they don't want to risk my money. They, they want to just have steady gains. And I was like, okay, you know, that's prudent. I'm not going to be upset, you know, because that is probably the smartest way to go. But at the same time, 
you know, when I put money into Forex, which is a very volatile market with a high risk, high return, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Let's, let's roll the dice. Hey, Brian and Tang, if you guys are listening, Johnny has just uh, agreed to have you ratchet up the account five times leverage. He wants a big 2019. Yeah. 18. And, and 2019. So jumping from something that's super, super speculative, super volatile to something that was very consistent for the most part this year after the election, this, you know, public equity markets. And when we're talking about public equity markets for you and me, we're talking about Vanguard primarily, right? Yep. So I know that mine is a little bit more dialed down than yours. Yours is very heavy in VTI, which is the total stock market. I know you crushed it this year. Yeah. So I did very, very well with VTI. Uh, and what's funny is I had a friend who wanted to start investing as well. And, but I knew, I knew all his personality. I know that he's not going to log in every single month to buy a set amount on a certain day. Because even for me, even though that's my plan on, and I think I'm pretty disciplined, I missed a bunch of months, you know, and yeah. I had excuses or reasons why I, I didn't log in and buy X amount of shares on X amount, you know, on X day. And it's that, that cost me some money. If I had just put in the same $3,000 on the 15th, like I had planned that I had said, yeah. Then I would be a lot richer today. That was my biggest mistake of the year as well. And I remember in early in the summer or late last spring, you and I were talking about this on an episode and we're like, you know what? I think we're going to stop the auto reinvest, maybe pull some money off the table. I know I, I sold up quite a bit of stock because everyone was talking about what was coming. The winter was coming in the summer, which meant everyone thought that we we're going to go into a recession or a huge correction and pull back. And that goes against the principles that you and I learned for sure, right? If we had just stuck to our guns, we should not have pulled money off the table. We should have stuck. Our Vanguard account is our long-term account. It's our buy and hold account. We we played with it and we lost out on some upside. Uh, it didn't kill us. It wasn't a huge mistake, but we definitely lost out on some upside. Yeah, definitely. I could have made a lot more money. I think the saving grace is that the year before, I had followed my plan to put money in. Uh, mm. And now I think what we've learned, not just from this, but really from from everything that, that we've talked about so far is when we learn the fundamentals, especially from, from experts, you know, it makes rational, prudent sense. We need to just follow what we say, you know, so everyone listening to this, follow what we say, don't necessarily follow what we do, because sometimes we end up even shooting ourselves in the foot. So listen to the experts, write down your, your prudent plan when you're not emotional, when things aren't going up and down and just follow. Yeah, good advice. I think Dan Negan from Betterment, who we had a, a great episode with, is probably grimacing if he's listening to this because on that episode, we talked a lot about the principles in investing. Total time in the market is the only time indicator that you should follow and talked a lot about the behavioral finance and psychology side behind investing and learned that we really should not have pulled money uh, out at that time, but we did. And now we'll take this learning and roll into 2018 and hopefully make better decisions. Yeah, definitely. And you know, if anything, this is the real true test is going to be the next time there is a market downturn or there's a bubble. Yeah. So that's going to be actually more exciting because right now, I mean, we didn't lose money. I mean, we, we all made money, uh, but instead of making 20% or 30% or 40%, you know, maybe we only made 11%, which at the end of the day is still a massive gain. Uh, and we should be very happy with that. Absolutely. It's all kittens and roses right now, Johnny. Yep. I like it. So what was, uh, the next kind of big one for you. So I had one, 
I invested in these Singapore REITs uh, three years ago. It was right after we sold the company and I was looking for investments. And I, w- I was in Hong Kong uh, with this guy, Kevin Shea, who we had on the episode before. And he was telling me about these maple tree REITs that were based in Singapore. And I, tr- I was looking to how to invest in these. And I found out the only way that you can invest in these is to fly to Singapore get approved for a brokerage account down there by one of the, you know, one of the brokerage companies. So I went down there. It took me about a week, finally got approved. And I, w- I piled money into these REITs, which I never would do today. Like it's, it's super concentrated. I don't know anything about these companies. I literally did it on a tip from a buddy, which is you never supposed to do. <laughs> the first year they were basically flat. The next year they're up, I think, four or five percent. This year, they were up about 33%. And because I had put so much money into them, that equated to a lot of money. And also on the way up, they're paying a 55 6% dividend. So there's nice, nice cash flow coming off of these things. But they've, it's a really well-run company. They've been acquiring data centers. And they're getting into all, all types of really innovative, instead of just doing logistics and, and uh, industrial types of things, they're doing a lot of modern things like acquiring data centers where... Uh, Amazon might be housing their their servers and stuff. So it's been cool to watch them this year, and they've been soaring. So that was huge. I think they're up 32%, and I, I have about 7% of my total investment portfolio in those now, and I'm planning on keeping those for 2018. Very cool, buddy. I, I, I like that. And it just shows that sometimes we got to take a – seven or 10% risk with our money. And who knows, that could be a huge payoff. And if it isn't, then it was only seven or 10%. Yeah. And also I think you got, this goes with a lot of investments. You have to give it time to, to create a return and to appreciate, you know, if you go out and buy a property, a physical property in most locations today and try to sell it in a year, it's a good chance you're going to lose money because you got to pay fees and brokerage fees and taxes and, and, and all types of things. Right. But if you sit on a property for eight years, 10 years, there's a good chance you might double your money. So if I had gotten the jitters those first couple of years when it wasn't really making money and wasn't wasn't appreciating, which would have been easy to do, I would have sold at a loss and and for and, and not been able to get this, you know, this year's gain, which was impressive. Yep. Very smart. Uh, so any regrets this year uh, or any kind of bad performing investments? Um, I didn't have, I didn't have any, I mean, my, my biggest regrets were that we didn't stick to principles in some cases and we pulled money off the table, but you know, a lot of that's hindsight. That's Monday morning quarterback. I have a couple private equity investments that are on the fence. Uh, they could still become successful. They could become zero. So I wouldn't say those are, are mistakes. They're just ones I'm keeping a close eye on and, and trying to learn from and be able to, to analyze, you know, better startup and private equity investments in the future. That's pretty much it, man. I mean, I have uh, my RMB investments in China. They're not great, but they've improved a little bit year over year. And nah, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. There's a lot of things I wish I had done more of, but this was a, a touch wood, a mistake for a year so far. And I have a, a long list of mistakes that we made in 2016, 2015, 2013. But I would like to say that it's the learnings of, of this podcast that have, have helped us to make better decisions and fewer mistakes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree as well. Uh, if anything, I've, I've gotten too excited with uh, investing and 
you know, and it's especially, I mean, so the, honestly, the reason why I, I didn't want to get too much into reading into things like Bitcoin is I knew it was going to be a huge drain on my time. And yeah. unless I was willing to put a lot of money in, you know, by putting in, you know, even $10,000 or $20,000 and having it consume, you know, 15 hours of my day reading on it was just not worth it. So this year was for me, uh, more about just living, experimenting with the early retirement lifestyle to see if that's what I wanted. Uh, and the biggest kind of downside to this year was my income for the year dropped a lot because I wasn't working. Um, I think I made up for some of it by just having more kind of personal insights and happiness and just kind of getting my, my life back in order. So I'm sure in the long run, it'll make up for it again, but this year was not a big uh, focus on business and growth year. And Mm -hmm. if I didn't, if if I, if I wasn't ready to start crushing it again, I might've shot myself in the foot. Um, but luckily I'm back in Chiang Mai and my mind's in the right place. So 2018, watch the income reports because it's definitely going back up. So our, so when we did our Q4 updates that were based on our, our Q3 performance, you were actually surprised because you, you did pretty well. And when you thought you weren't going to have done well, you actually made quite a bit of money and, and increased your net wealth. So was that, was that consistent for this last quarter or, and it, and if so, is that just, just not as good as the year before, which is why you don't feel like it was, you know, such, such a successful year? Yeah. So. In 2016, mainly because I sold the dropshipping business, but also I was really just crushing it hard with my affiliate income and all just mm-hmm. different income, you know, streams. That was my best year ever. And that was at $325,000 in income for that year. Yeah. I was very Incredible. happy with that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I, I, that blew me away. I, n- I never thought that would ever happen. And the best thing about that was I was living really cheaply that year. I was, you know, spending like 1500 bucks a month. So pretty much 90% of that money went into investments. And that's kind of what set my, my entire, uh, investment portfolio, you know, up and l- allowed me right. to catch up from, from all the years of mucking about and, you know, just living cheaply in Thailand and not making money this year. Uh, it's still actually not bad. I th- you know, I made $178,000 and the, considering the fact that half the year I wasn't working and I was traveling 11 months of the year, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people are listening to this just, you know, when they want to slap me because it's still, I mean, I want to slap you because I'm, I want to slap myself. I'm like, dude, that's, that's amazing <laughs> because you, because yeah. you were in maintenance mode a lot of the year, right? Yeah, it really so. was. If you want to hear more of this episode, go to Invest Like a Boss and look for episode 87. This is our New Year's special episode, but every quarter we do updates on what we personally invest in and we try to be as transparent as possible. So if you're interested, subscribe to Invest Like a Boss and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.